Hey, welcome back to the Clean the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host. I'm also the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women, an author and a speaker. And I'm also the creator and teacher in the Speaking School for Women, which returns October 1st. And I'm doing this special episode all about the top five questions I get about professional speaking, specifically because Speaking School is relaunching and and I've been answering a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks from interested students, and I thought, why not put all these questions in a podcast? Uh, registration closes this Friday, September 28th at 5 p.m. Eastern time, so there are a couple more days left to register, and I wanted to make sure that we got all the questions answered in case you've been pondering signing up for speaking school this time around, and you're not sure if it's for you. So hopefully these questions will answer some of your questions, and make the decision a little easier, whether it's it's time for you to take the course or not, which leads me to my next point. This is the last time I'm teaching the class live online. In the future, it will be a recorded self-guided course that you can take on your own time. So if you like those better, I would say wait, but if you prefer to have the accountability and support and the community of taking it with a group of others who are doing it alongside you, then this might be the perfect time for you. As I said, it does start on October 1st, and it's a six-week live online course taught on Monday evenings, and we record all the classes in case you can't make it. We take one week one week break in the middle, which is an implementation week, and it answers all your questions around becoming a professional speaker. So on today's episode, I'm going to answer the top five questions I get about professional speaking. And if you have more questions after the episode airs, please feel free to email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. I'm happy to talk with you and see if this is the course for you. So let's jump right into the episode with the first question I get most often about professional speaking. And you might be able to guess some of these questions because you've had them yourself. The first question is, what if I don't know what I'd speak about? Excellent question. I think this is a really good question for people to be asking themselves. Because <laughs> if you are going to get up there and you're going to get paid to speak, it is very important that you strongly consider your message, right? And my the advice I always give to new speakers is you just have to start somewhere. You don't have to pick something that you're going to talk about for the rest of your life. And I know this is what goes through a lot of the minds of the new speakers is I need to figure out my brand and this is what I'm going to talk about for the next 50 years. And it's just not true. You just need to figure out what you're going to start with and then it can evolve over the years. And this is what I did when I first started speaking. I knew a lot about career counseling subjects because I had worked as a recruiter and I worked in HR and I worked as a hiring manager. So I, I read a lot of resumes. I did a lot of interviewing, hiring, me uh, mentoring, supervising. And so my first workshops were all about how to write a resume, how to ace the interview, how to network, how to build a brand. And that's because that was where my knowledge was. And as I started to evolve and get more experience, I changed my topics. After about a year, I started to talk more about business-related topics for new entrepreneurs, like how to start a business and how to build a marketing plan and how to set goals for your company. And then as I started to evolve more and do more speaking, I started to realize that there were a lot of women who wanted to learn more about public speaking. And I thought, hey, I've been speaking for five years. I know a lot about this subject. So I switched again and I started to help women with public speaking, which is where we are today. And 
I didn't know this is where I was going to end up when I started, but it required getting started to get here. So I want to tell you about some of the questions I asked myself when I, when I made this major pivot over to women in public speaking to give you some ideas as to where you could start. So the first question I asked myself one day when I was feeling kind of frustrated about my direction was, where have I been most successful? This is a really, really good question because it helps to point to your aptitude. It points to your areas where you excel, and it helps you to look at some of your major accomplishments so you can ask yourself, how did that happen? What made that successful? So the first question is, where have I been most successful? The second question is, what do I enjoy doing? This is a really important question because it helps you to recognize what you're passionate about, what you love. And if you're doing and talking about stuff that you love and you care about, that translates to the audience and it gets them excited about it too. So you really want to consider that topic like without a doubt. And the third question to ask yourself is, what do people always ask me about? And this is important because it means that you're doing something in your life that other people are picking up on and they see you as an expert or they see you as someone who could help them do the same thing. And this is a really important question to pay attention to because it helps to point out something that you might be missing about yourself that other people already see. Let me repeat these three questions for you again. Where have I been most successful? What do I enjoy doing? And what do people always ask me about? Sit down with a journal and ask yourself those three questions, take as much time as you need with them, and look for the consistencies on the three lists. When I did this exercise two and a half years ago, three years ago, almost three years ago, I was very surprised to see public speaking on the list. It was really funny to me because I had been doing so much speaking over the years, but I saw speaking as a vehicle to tell a different story and to get my message out there. I never thought about public speaking as the actual thing I would be talking about. And once I saw it written in my journal, I thought, how did I miss this? (laughs) It seems so obvious, (laughs) but I never did the exercise, so I couldn't find it. So this is a great place to start to think about what you would speak about. So if you already know what you would speak about, you have your topic, you're kind of already excited about it, but you're still feeling like, I don't really know out of all the information and all the stories and advice I could offer, how do I know what I would talk about? Well, you can start with two really simple questions. The first question is, who do I most want to help? This is a great question to ask because it helps to focus in on a certain target audience. Because if your answer to the question, who do I want to help is everyone, then you're helping no one. You have to be crystal clear about a specific group. And it can be an age group. It can be, uh, it could be, I don't know, a, a job type. It could be an area of the country. It could be gender. It could be anything that puts people into a group that helps them to identify with a certain subject. And the second question you want to ask yourself is, what problem do I want to solve for them? This helps you to further focus your content because if you're solving a specific problem, you can cut out a lot of the extra information that might not help them get to their goal. Or you can just you know, put, put the information in that matters and, and sort of put the rest aside for now. And whenever you're building a talk, you can always go back to these two questions. Is this useful for the people I want to help? And is this help? Is this solving their problem? 
and this gets rid of a lot of the clutter. So for the first question, what if I don't know what I'd speak about? You want to just make sure you start somewhere. You don't need to go and talk about that subject forever, but you do need to start with something so you can get up there and practice. And then once you have your something, you want to make sure you're asking yourself, who am I trying to help and what am I helping them do? And this really helps you to get focused and build a brand. And I, I worked with someone a couple months ago who was a photographer and she said it took her a long time to figure out her brand and she really wanted to help other business owners to figure out what they stood for so they could then share that story and that marketing with potential customers. And after working together for a little while, we realized that's helping other business owners tell their story is a pretty big market. Was there any way that she could be more focused? And at the end of our session, decided that she would focus on helping other photographers to tell their story and how to help them figure out their niche so they could be found on the internet and known for something specific because there's so many different reasons people get pictures taken. She really wanted to focus in on families and taking pictures of parents with their with their young young children, you know, under three years old. So that's a very specific demographic, and she could create marketing that spoke specifically to helping other photographers who wanted to do the same thing. So that's that's the answer for no, question number one. What if I don't know what I'd speak about? Question number two. I don't know that I'm ready to be a paid speaker. How do you know when you're there? <laughs> this is such a, a crazy making question <laughs> because you don't really ever know when you're there. I mean, it's not like you wake up one morning and you're like, well, I'm ready to make money speaking today. <laughs> Although I always believed that that day would show up and I'd be like, oh, whew, finally, it's here. But that's just not how it works. It was interesting. I was speaking for about a year when I first got a phone call from a corporation in my area saying, hey, we've seen that you're speaking all over the area. We've seen your press releases. We've seen you on the news. And we'd love to have you come speak to our group. How much do you charge? And I'm, I'm on the other line thinking, excuse me, you can get paid for this? <laughs> now, remember, I didn't know any other professional speakers. <laughs> so I didn't really didn't consider the fact that this is a this is a thing that people get paid to do unless you're Oprah or Tony Robbins or something it just didn't occur to me that I could make money doing it and when they asked me how much do you charge the first thing i said without even thinking was $200 <laughs> and they said uh okay uh let's schedule it <laughs> we put it on the calendar and i thought <gasps> oh my God, I'm getting paid to speak. Like, I'm not ready for this. Even though I'd already given hundreds of free presentations, somehow now that I was making $200, I all of a sudden didn't know anything about public speaking. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this. Who do I think I am? This isn't like, this isn't what I do. This is what other like experts do. I'm just this random weirdo who's like getting up on stages in like libraries and rotary clubs and trying to share my message. So it was a big moment for me to have this sort of identity crisis, but also a reality check of what what am I doing and who do I think I am and who am I and what am I capable of? And I realized the only thing that had changed was that some money was was exchanging hands, but I was doing the same work and I was the same person. And I knew deep down that what I had to do was valuable. And it's about understanding 
that you do bring value to a conversation, to a group, and that value is worth something. And it can get really tricky when money is involved. And there's really no black and white answer to this question. But if you have something to share that is of value to your audience, you are ready to get paid. And I would say that if you're confident that what you're teaching is giving others something tangible to take with them, then you are ready. And in speaking school, I teach the rest, like how to build a brand, a marketing plan, how to put together a speaker one sheet, which we actually build for you and give you before the course is over so you have that marketing piece. We create a speaker plan. We build a signature talk. We build pricing guides so you actually know how to price yourself and not do what I did. And we cover all the bases so you don't have to wonder what you're missing or doing wrong. And once you have all of this stuff in place, it will be abundantly clear that you're ready to get paid to speak. And it it gives you that peace of mind and it helps to relieve some of that fear around whether or not you're somebody who is actually there, right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome in a later question. But the answer to this question is just, you have just being prepared. Did you do the work to create a talk that adds value? Yes, then you're ready to get paid to speak. And you can probably come up with 800 reasons not to get paid to speak, but the the fact of the matter is if you're bringing if you're bringing something to a group that will help their life in some way that will make them happier, more successful, save money, have better relationships, have more fulfilling work, anything, you you should get paid for that. Okay? So we'll just leave that right there and we'll talk about that more in speaking school. But for now, that's all that really matters is just the answer to that question. Are you bringing something of value? Third question, can I do this as a part-time job and how long does it take to get paid? You can do it as a part-time job. It just requires a plan and focus. And the question of how long has to do with how much you put into it. And it's really hard to say because everybody has different amounts of time available. If you're a parent and you work full-time and you have a lot of responsibilities at home, you might have two weeks, two, two hours a week available versus someone who is single and works full time and lives in an apartment. Maybe that person has 10 or 15 hours available per week. So it, the how long question is hard to answer because it's based on how much time you can put into it. But the best place to start is to look at your calendar and ask yourself, realistically, how many hours per week can I dedicate to building a speaking business on the side? You might notice that you have Tuesday nights free and Sunday nights free. And if that's the case, then maybe you can dedicate three hours on each night and now you've got six hours a week that you can work on it. Or maybe you look at your calendar and you see you have four nights a week open. Now maybe you have 20 hours a week to work on it. That's up to you to decide. And once you look at your your schedule and you see some open blocks, I want you to block off those times on your calendar and actually create a time frame like 6 to 8 p.m., noon to 2 p.m., whatever works for you, and write in speaking work. And make sure that you dedicate yourself to it when you're doing when you when you're blocking off that time. Because the only way the work gets done, and this is a trick, is if you do it. <laughs> 
It's so true, right? You, you can write on a calendar that you're going to do the work. You can build a whole plan for what you're going to do. You can do all the research, but if you don't actually do the work, then nothing changes. And this is really important. I know it sounds ridiculous for me to break it down this way, but it's so true. I think so many of us are really good at scheduling and building plans and dreaming things and coming up with ideas, but we fail to execute. And really, the only way you're going to make money doing this is if you actually execute. And that means doing the research on the places you want to speak, sending out the emails with your marketing, scheduling phone calls to talk, and booking the gigs. That's how it happens. It's, it's not that difficult, but you have to block off the time and you have to really commit to doing it. And the cool thing about it is you can actually make more money doing one speaking gig per month than having a part-time job. You know, let's say you work at like Dress Barn 20 hours a week or even 15 hours a week making 10 or $12 an hour. That's still less money than you would make doing one speaking gig at, you know, $700. And you could even think about it as like an hourly rate. Like if you did five hours of planning for your speaking gig each week at $20 an hour. Like let's just say you gave yourself a rate of $20 an hour of sitting on your couch and doing research and sending emails. That's $100 a week that you would be making. And then you book your gig for $700 and you say, wow, okay. It really pays to just sit on my couch and actually execute and do this work. And now I only have to leave the house once a month to go do one one hour speaking gig And it pays for all that time I spent doing that work up front. And it does take a little bit of time. Maybe your first gig will be $200 or maybe it'll be $500. But these are all very doable rates that you can make by delivering a speaking engagement through your own content that you created, your own brand you created, through your own website and your own speaker one sheet that I will help you put together in the speaking school for women. And you don't have to wonder if you're doing it wrong or if you're wasting your time on something, because I've already wasted all the time. (laughs) I've already spent tons and tons of time on things that don't matter and have figured out what does matter so we can really focus you on creating the right materials, reaching out to the right places with the right pitch and the right brand and the right message and saving you tons of time so that when you are marketing, you're doing the right stuff. So Can you do it as a part-time job? Yes. And how long does it take to get paid? It all depends on how much time you put into it. But it shouldn't take very much time if you are actually committing and executing your plan. Question number four. I feel like a fraud asking for money and imposter syndrome shows up every single time. How do you get over that so you can ask for more money or even ask for money? It's a good question. And this is a common one. (laughs) And this comes up not only for speakers, it also comes up for business owners, new coaches and consultants, anybody who has to ask for money. It's a daunting task and it really puts you in your place and it makes you ask yourself, am I someone who really deserves to get paid? And I was was having a, a moment a couple of years ago where I had a couple new clients starting and I had just increased my rates and I was feeling really insecure about asking for more money and feeling deserving of it. And a friend was over and she saw me having this breakdown and she said, okay, sit down. Now tell me about what's going on here. And I said, well, I don't know. I just raised my rates and I'm feeling like it's too much money to ask for from people. Like, who do I think I am? I, I, I'm just, I mean, I know what I'm doing is helpful, but like, who do I think I am to ask for this much money? And she goes, okay, think back to all the people you've worked with in the past Think back to all the workshops you've done, all the clients you've hi- that have hired you. 
where's the proof that you're not valuable? And I just looked at her and I started laughing so hard. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And she goes, what's so funny about that question? I'm asking you seriously, where's the proof that what you're doing, what you're doing is not valuable? And I said, there is no proof. I've never had a client come to me and say, this was not a good use of time or you, you took my money and, and this was, this was useless. And she said, exactly. So what are you freaking out about? (laughs) And I said, I don't know. I don't really know. She said, relax. You have proof that what you're doing works. So just remember that there, there's not one fact in the world that what you're doing is not helpful. So you should get paid more for it. I was like, okay. So this is a good question to ask yourself when you're pricing yourself uh, to do gigs and to go out and, and do workshops. If you are starting to feel like you're a fraud and that you don't deserve the money, ask yourself, where's the proof? And I bet you, you can't find it because it's, it's that, it's your amygdala. It's your, it's your little lizard brain that's telling you that you can't do it because it's trying to keep you safe. But we all know that that fear is not real fear. That's an old fear that did keep us safe at one time, but now that's no longer needed for survival. So what I do is I actually bring the imposter with me to the conversation because I know the imposter syndrome is going to show up every time. So instead of trying to avoid the conversation or lower my rates or, you know, hope that it goes away, I just say, hey, imposter, come to this conversation with me. You know, it's an imaginary being. And I just have the conversation anyway. I ask for the money that I'm worth and I get it because I ask for it. And that's one thing that gets in so many people's ways. They just don't even ask for the money. So they're never going to get it because they've never even posed the question. So for new people who are thinking about how hard it's going to be to pitch yourself and ask for money, just know everybody struggles with this piece of it, but it's not a reason not to do it. Even this morning, I was on the phone with a a huge university and they asked me how much money I charged. And I said, $15,000. And two seconds later, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? (laughs) But It's, it's what I'm worth. So I asked for it. And she said, now is that plus travel? And I said, yes. (laughs) And it still makes me laugh and I still feel a little crazy, but it's, it's fine. And she said, well, we're going to, we're going to get that money together. And I said, that's a great idea. (laughs) And we, you know, (laughs) we just do it anyway because it's part of the process and it doesn't just, just because it's not easy doesn't mean we should avoid it. Right. So I, I always go back to the proof and I don't let the imposter syndrome stop me. And I just know that's going to be part of the process and it's okay. Cause everybody feels it and it, maybe eventually it will go away, but even 10 years into it, I'm still feeling it. So we're just going to go with it. You know, question number five, what if I don't like marketing? Just such a good question. So many people don't like marketing. And the best thing I can say about this to start off with is let's reframe what marketing and sales is. The best reframe I've ever heard that totally changed my mind about it when I was a recruiter over 10 years ago was marketing and sales is giving people information so they can make a more informed decision. When you hear that, does it make you kind of feel a little more relaxed about marketing and selling? 
It does for me. Because when I first thought about, when I first became a recruiter and I was doing a lot of selling, I felt like a used car salesman. I felt like I was standing out on the lot with a flag in my hand saying, hey, 20% off president sale. Come on in today. You know, push, push, pull or tow. And, you know, making up all these crazy (laughs) campaigns and trying to swindle people. And that's just not the case because everybody is different and you can approach marketing and sales in any way that you want. And so I always approach it from informing. How can I inform these people so that they know what I'm doing, and then they can decide for themselves whether or not they want it. That's all I'm doing is putting information in front of them. So there's no manipulation or coercion. I'm just sharing information so others can make better decisions. So I just want to get that out of the way first around marketing because sometimes that just gets people stuck. And and also share that in Speaking School for Women, I give you a framework for creating a marketing campaign that you actually want to execute. This is a big deal because a lot of people... They think of marketing and think, oh my God, I have to be on social media. I have to have a newsletter. I have to go out and network. I have to write a book. I have to have a website. And before they know it, they're totally overwhelmed and they're not doing anything. So what what my marketing plan helps you do is to really focus in on a couple of things, maybe just one thing that you would really enjoy doing and then building a marketing campaign around that and letting all the other stuff go because it does feel like way too much. And when you have a plan you actually want to execute, it helps you get rid of all the fear and wonder around what you should be spending your time on. And this is really big, because when you can get rid of wonder and fear, it frees up a lot of time to actually do things like marketing. And I show you how to do all of that in the course. And one really important piece that I say probably every single week in the course, and I'll I'll say right now, is that every speaking gig is an audition for your next speaking gig. That means every time you speak, you're marketing yourself. And you don't have to do as much marketing in the other places because you're already doing it. And when people can see you speaking, that's the best marketing you can do, right? And so that's why booking speaking gigs will be such a big part of your marketing campaign. And it's something that you want to do anyway, right? Because you make money doing it. And also it helps you to practice and helps you to get out there and build your brand and change lives, which is why we all do this in the first place, right? So if you don't like marketing, I will help you to change your mind about that. And I'll help you to build a plan that you will actually enjoy. So those are my top five questions about how to get into professional speaking. And I hope that they helped to relax you a little bit, get you excited about speaking, and also give you some insight into what it's like to be a speaker. So if you're interested in learning more about this journey and you're interested, you've got some excitement, you're feeling inspired, now is the time to register for Speaking School for Women. As I said, it starts next Monday. That's like really soon, October 1st. And registration closes this Friday, September 28th. I don't know why I I can't remember the date. Let me just make sure. Yeah, September 28th, Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So you have a couple of days to register. And there are a couple spots open for for coaching. Uh, All the rest of the spots are for the class, which means that you're taking the six-week online class. You're part of the closed Facebook community. You're doing all the worksheets and the homework and getting feedback from me and participating in class. So if you're interested, you can go to speakersisterhood.com slash speaking school or click on speaking school on the homepage and registration information is all on that page. I hope you will join us this time around for my last live class and get excited because it's super fun and we learn a lot and we just, we laugh a lot. We talk about all the crazy stuff that goes along with this type of work and you most of all will know you are not alone. (laughs) 
And it's, it's something that can change your life. So I hope you'll consider it. And that does it for me, my friends. I will be back in two weeks with more fun from the Claim the Stage podcast. And as always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.